Okay. Why why do they keep doing this? Why why is the Big Ten tournament in Chicago? It needs to be in Indianapolis. It's gonna be in the Midwest. I don't see how that's even a decision to make. It's gotta be in Indianapolis. Chicago's cold. Okay, Chicago's great in the summertime. Okay, but as a winter city, whatever. Okay, Indianapolis is just as good. Facilities better, bankers life over United Center all day. United Center needs to be updated. Changed, renovated, I don't care. Build a new arena. Actually, don't do that. Don't put the taxpayers through that. But it needs to be in Indianapolis. It's the best facility. Okay, fine. You want to put it in New York? Madison Square Garden? I'm not going to complain about that anymore. I understand the draw. Try and get in the big market. uh, Attract more New York Big Ten fans and more New York basketball fans in general. That's fine. D.C., go to hell. But it needs to be in Indy. All right, that's all I got. I'm, that's all That's all I'm going to complain about, and I'm not complaining about it anymore. My buddy was asking me about the Big Ten tournament now. Obviously, it's going on. Um, Michigan's going to play today, tonight. He's asking me about the Big Ten tournament and my thoughts on it, and if I even cared about the Big Ten tournament. Right off the bat, I thought it was no. I really did not care about the Big Ten tournament. Like, I wanted to win a game. I know I got freshman year. We needed to win a game. You know, every game at the end of the season was coming down to the wire to make the tournament. All right, fine. I'm motivated. My senior year? Hell no. Like, I just was, it was nice being in Annapolis. I didn't really care about winning the championship. It wasn't on my list. I was already looking forward to the tournament. Maybe that's circumstantial. I was looking forward to the tournament. I had the best team I ever played on. You know, I wanted to make the Sweet 16 bad. That's all I cared about at that point. I knew what our seed was going to be regardless. I mean, we could have won the tournament and we would have been somewhere else in the bracket. Maybe we would have gotten uh, like one more higher seed. What were we, three or something? Four? Jesus, I don't even remember. But that's all I cared about. I mean, we, we pretty much peaked that year anyways, winning the regular season title. Um, none of us, I mean, we obviously wanted to win games in the Big Ten tournament, but that was not on our priority list. Like, every year going into college, okay, I was thinking of the NCAA tournament. Make the NCAA tournament. And if that meant having to win the Big Ten tournament or win games in the Big Ten tournament, fine. But my end goal was not, the championship I was looking for was not the Big Ten tournament. It was a regular season championship and advancing in the NCAA tournament. The one year I actually really wanted to win it was our sophomore year when we had to win the tournament to get to the... We had to win the Big Ten tournament to get to the NCAA tournament, and that was the infamous Evan Turner shot right over the top of my dome that I am always reminded of. I'm sure they've been playing it over and over and over right now as the Big Ten tournament is going on. Um, Shout out Mark Titus, still waiting on a t-shirt with that, okay? Need my beautiful clothes out on a t-shirt that I can wear and, you know, show people I actually played college basketball when they look at me and don't believe it. But I know that might be weird for some people, especially fans who, like, live and die by every game. But the priorities are completely different. If you were in our situation, it would be pretty similar. I can't speak for all the players, obviously. Guys care about different things throughout the year. You know, certain games are more important to other guys, like, to varying degrees. I mean, every game is important, but, like, 
hey, when I played at IU, like that game was more important to me than when Tim Hardaway Jr. played there. That's just a fact. And that comes from emotion, which is fine. That's just things that people kind of know about, but don't want you to admit. Same way that I can never, never have the emotional attachment to a rivalry. Let's take the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. I can never have an emotional attachment to that the way people that grew up in Michigan on one side or the other have an emotional attachment to it. I mean, I've completely gotten rid of that. Like, I, the games are important, and, like, I wish Michigan would have won that last game to have a share of the Big Ten title and obviously beat Michigan State, but I, I've people, I don't, I do not care as much as the fans care about that game. Some former players do. That's fine. Like, I would go and support Michigan at that game if I was in Ann Arbor, 100%. But I'm not sitting here sweating bullets with my heart racing, you know, watching the game. Like, I'm, I'm happy for all the success that Michigan has, but I, some guys, you know, stay attached to their alma mater, and that's fine, but I kind of see my college career as like a stepping stone to what my actual dream was. Like I didn't grow up wanting to play college basketball. That was not my dream. My dream was to play professional basketball. That was where I wanted to be. And college was a huge, huge part of that, obviously, in so many different ways that, you know, like it's impossible to go into. It would take me hours and hours, words and words. But like the emotions of that, I tend to put the emotions of all of that to the side when I try and think about like what my ultimate goal in basketball is. I'm still chasing my ultimate goal. It kind of changes, it morphs over time and year to year. And, you know, since I've been since I've been in Israel, it's changed here and there. But I try and keep like the emotions of it. I don't even play emotional on the court if you've ever watched me. You know, I don't really get hyped. No, I don't really get super low. Um, like I used to, but you know, that, that's just kind of who I am. So I understand when fans like ask former players about that, like, you know, kind of hoping to connect with players on that level, like with their fandom, but that's just never really resonated with me. I completely understand it and I'll, you know, have any conversation with a fan who's emotionally invested in it and, all day like I totally I totally get it but it's just not for me I've never been that way since since Reggie retired I mean I was with that that way with the Pacers when I was a kid but ever since like playing for so long like that emotions I've kind of just put to the side because I never saw it benefiting benefiting me as much some guys benefit from it greatly some guys manufacture emotion to motivate themselves Um, that's one thing I kind of wish I would have done more of sometimes but that's kind of like greener pastures, like looking on the other side, like, would that have helped me? I don't know. I don't know if it'll help me or not. Probably not. I like to say calm and and in my view of basketball and level-headed and basically everything. And that just always translated to sports. Um, but like the more I've played, the less fan I've gotten. And it's, it's for so many different reasons, just because like you reach a certain level and like you played certain guys and... Yeah, I get guys ask me, like, who's your favorite NBA team? I really don't have a favorite NBA team. I just like to watch basketball. If I had to pick a favorite college team, yeah, it'd be Michigan. But, like, I just like to watch basketball just because of all the different things there are to watch. I think when you attach yourself 
to like a certain team and you get emotionally invested, like that's great. That's that's what drives all of sports. Okay, and I completely support it. But it's not why I watch basketball. Like I, I watch sports. Well, not why I watch basketball. I watch you know like football to be entertained. But like I watch basketball like on a, like just a different level just because of like what I've experienced and I can't turn back from that. It's like trying to unsee it all. You can't unsee it all. So it's hard to explain a little bit, but I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever have that emotional attachment to something ever again, a team ever again. Like I, I root for players here and there and I like certain players that I watch. Um, but I'm trying to think like I would have to have like a kid play for a certain team and then be emotionally attached to that kid and, 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 and that team um, kind of the similar way I, I watch my parents watch me. But other than that, I've kind of, the fandom in me has died. It died a long time ago. And I think it, you know, sometimes I wish I could have that, just like the emotional experiences you can have. And like, it's a camaraderie in itself with within the fan base. Um, but like, I don't have friends that are like super into teams like that. I mean, I have some friends that are super into teams, but you know, my core group of friends aren't really like that so it's not like we have like something that would um bond us you know like some team or some sport that would really bond us quite like that it's more just like talking in general so i guess it's different for everybody but yeah my, my fandom is completely dead it's been dead for a while uh, probably to never be resurrected again which is which i guess is fine but uh i don't know maybe i'll try and fake it one of these years and attach myself to something i tried to attach myself to like soccer Barcelona that lasted for like a month. I still love Messi, but like I always just gravitate towards like certain players. I don't know. I don't know what that is says about me, but I just like the appreciation of the skills of certain players more so than you know getting lost in a a team concept. Anyways, enough of that. I want to talk a little bit about just my pet peeve with conference championships, conference tournaments in general. You know, I think the Ivy League had it right. I think the regular season needs to carry a little more weight, especially for the top teams. Like, some of these mid-majors get screwed, okay? You establish yourself as a top team in the regular season. Everybody knows it. You know, certain games can be lost here and there, but over that longer um, sample size of games, it's much more apparent of who is the better team than, you know, one-game knockout tournament. And it doesn't... I doesn't benefit the bigger schools at all and it hurts mid-major schools that are very good that should win their conference tournament but for you know the randomness of one games they lose and they don't get in the tournament and then we lose out on those teams that bothers me a lot here i just think they should establish kind of that european soccer style the ivy league basketball style the way it was regular season winner advances in those mid-major conferences i mean otherwise what what are you really playing for as as a mid-major i mean i know you have to give themselves a chance but i I know there's like that cinderella-ness to it where it's like the mystique where it's like oh these lower teams can make the tournament that's fine i don't care people don't really care about making the tournament okay it's it's, we want to see the best teams in the tournament and when a mid-major who is very worthy and who can knock off some high-major teams, they don't make the tournament because of randomness and one-game sample size, it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. It makes zero sense to me. I understand the money factor for like the bigger conferences. 
Money drives everything, okay? That's why the Big Ten tournament's been rotating, and it just went to New York. Like, after I graduated, it went to New York uh, and D.C. That's all for money and, and TV revenue and advertisements and opening themselves up to bigger markets. Like, I get it, but it's dumb. It, it doesn't make any sense for the sport. And in the sport that, you know, touts itself as, like, sacred and, you know, all about the game, it's for the game, it's not. It's not. And when you move, when you have conference tournaments, it's not for the game. It, it's not. It, it's absolutely not. And if you think it is, you're kidding yourself. Okay? The regular season, that's, if you want to say that's for the game, okay, like you pick a winner, that would be more for the spirit of basketball and competition. First of all, the NCAA tournament, in the spirit of competition, or in the spirit, no, let me repeat. Let me, let me rephrase. For the spirit of competition, sure, the one game, knockouts, and say a tournament, fine. That's what you want. To have the best teams in the tournament, okay, or for the best teams to win, the best teams to show themselves who's the best, the NCAA tournament is not suited for that, okay? It's not in that spirit. So you kind of have, you have this issue now where people, you get a lot of viewers on TV, okay? These big TV deals. People want to see the best teams, and they want to see the best teams advance. I mean, they love the Cinderella stories, but those teams are good. Okay, like those teams are worthy. Um, there's only like a few instances. I think Loyola like was okay. I don't think Loyola was that great. That was like a real Cinderella. The other teams like you see like Cinderella, I was VCU, George Mason comes to mind. Like those teams were actually good. Okay, they were they were good. Like they, they belonged in the upper echelon of the NCAA. But... It's just a big issue, and it's probably it's not going to get fixed because money controls everything, and it has to be a major overhaul. Major overhaul. There had to be a major overhaul with player compensation and money distribution, and kind of how games are set up. The the conference championships are set up. So I don't know. It's just a big pet peeve of mine. And I just hate to see teams lose out on these opportunities. And I'm just trying to go over like what the rebuttals would be. Well, yeah, okay, we made the tournament my freshman year because you know we won one more game in the Big Ten tournament. Okay, I don't care. Like I don't. If we couldn't get it in the regular season, I don't know what one game in the Big Ten tournament. Like I, I don't think that should be a deciding factor for a team. I'd have been fine. Now, maybe not, well, no, I'd be fine with living in a world where the regular season matters and, you know, we didn't get that one more game to, like, put ourselves over the hump. I'm totally fine with that. That shouldn't be a factor in anybody's decision, like, more games. It's just, it's just for money. Like, this whole idea that once it comes down to, like, crunch time and, um, you know, playoff time, like, who's, like, a real team that'll show up, it's still kind of bullshit. It's still randomness. So... Teams can be better, you know, teams can be like, it could be like a, the 40th, 50th team in the nation, okay? It's like, like they're, they're really, they're actually like the 50th best team in the nation, and they don't get in because they just lost like some, on some randomness in OT to in the conference tournament, okay? And if they won that game, they would have been in. Fuck that. Fuck that. Just let it be in the regular season. I don't envy those guys that pick that have to pick seedings and pick teams that are in on the bubble. 
you know, that job is ridiculous and we complain about them all the time. There are obviously some glaring mistakes from year to year and everybody makes their case for teams that don't make it. But I've kind of gone off on a rant here. Overall, just get rid of the conference tournaments. Like who really counts up the Big Ten conference tournament championships until you like look at the full history? Like looking back, you're just not really going to remember these things. I mean, it's nice. Michigan's won back-to-back Big Ten tournaments now. Yeah, they get a three-peat. That's cool. Um, But in the grand scheme of things, this is not that important. And ultimately, it just harms teams. For me, I think it harms big teams to play more games. And it harms the smaller schools who get beat in their mid-major conference tournaments. And then they can't make the tournament when they're obviously established themselves as superior throughout the season. Teams we want to see, teams we follow now. I mean, so many people track these mid-majors, okay? Like, oh, they have to show their superiority in a tournament setting. I don't give a shit about that, man. I want to see him play on the big stage. I don't care about these single game settings. Okay, I want to end this podcast with some light stuff. Uh, Let's talk about paying college players, okay? I do not understand how people can ignore the free economy, okay? The free economy that all of us tout. We love capitalism, America, freedom. And then we want to sit back and say, whoa, 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 whoa. We should not be paying these college players or earning, earning their schools a lot of money and putting their labor towards massive TV contracts and ticket sales and jersey sales and what have you. Like, the, the hypocrisy there is astounding. It, it makes zero sense to me how you could possibly be on both sides, how you could tout... This, this, this is a bit of an extreme example, but let's take a guy, okay? I know plenty of Midwesterners, all right, who tout capitalism you know socialism is a buzzword to them they hate it they call you know whatever if you say anything about socialism you're a communist but then they want to turn around and say no no no! don't pay college players for the labor that is being used to generate millions and millions of dollars don't do that do you do you listen to yourself like do you take inventory of your thoughts and your contradictions within yourself it's Bizarre. I mean, I understand that you can just have streams of thoughts like that and not take inventory right away. But after all this time where people are, are giving, uh, they're writing uh, articles and giving numbers, numbers after numbers of the amount of money made and the labor, the amount of labor that is put in by college athletes into the sport and into generating these revenues. Uh, particularly when you win an NCAA tournament game, you get a certain amount of money. All right, here are some raw numbers I just looked up. Okay, this is from uh, an article from the Washington Post. When the pool is the NCAA's basketball fund, conferences have a lot riding on games. Teams that advance earn more, which can make a big difference, particularly for smaller leagues. The payout rules are complicated but enticing. Even if your college basketball team doesn't win a game, you win $1.67 million. A round of 16 appearance rakes in almost $5 million. A Final Four run, $8.3 million. 
Okay, so when Michigan makes their Final Four runs, you don't think the players deserve that? That That's straight-up results-based. Like, whatever you want to say about revenue coming in that don't, doesn't matter to the players, that it's just about uh, fandom and, and, and people uh, being just emotionally attached to their schools and doesn't matter who what name's on the back of the jersey. Okay, put that all aside. How do you not pay these players for winning games that they have a huge influence on? A Final Four run makes $8.3 million, and a college kid isn't going to see any of that? How do you justify that? You you don't, okay? You can't. I mean, you can give me an argument. I'll, I'll listen to it, but it doesn't make any sense, especially in the world we live in, the society we live in in America, where all of our labor... Well, that's not entirely true because we still don't... We still value certain labor over others. And we put... One of the problems is we put college athletics, that labor, into the pool of kind of the minimum wage labor pool. Okay, as, a, as Americans overall, we don't care for poor people on minimum wage. We, we really don't. We don't care if they have a living wage. Um, we kind of just go along with what corporations do and what big companies pay and about we literally advocate for their penny pinching even when we aren't big spenders which is bizarre or big big money makers which is bizarre we can you know i know so many people who don't make hundreds of thousands of dollars okay they make a good living all right that you know they're not poor but they're not raking in they're not the top okay they, they're not making millions of dollars um but they still don't want minimum wage workers to make more. And as part of that is because, well, you know, I didn't make that when I had those jobs. That's not fair. Well, it's not about you, okay? You need to quit looking at yourself. We, we have a lack of empathy in America towards labor completely. I mean, there's, I don't see any way to argue against that. We have a complete lack of empathy towards people's lives, just in general. And we have a complete lack of empathy with college athletes as well. You know, I'm kind of saying, like, college athletes not being paid goes against everything that capitalism stands for. But in a way, the way America is set up, it really doesn't. Because the way capitalism, what capitalism really stands for, even though we don't, really recognize that when we talk about the definition of capitalism. What capitalism really stands for is the rich controlling everything. And what capitalism stands for is money controlling everything and controlling um, all the tiers below it. So like the top tiers of capitalism control the bottom tiers. That's definitely what it stands for. I know it's not in the Webster's Dictionary definition, but that is 100% what it stands for. And, and that's the way that the NCAA is the NCAA is set up, um, particularly basketball and football. Um, we like to think of capitalism as equal opportunity. It's not. Um, not everyone is born in the same situation. Not everyone is given the same opportunities. Even if you don't think, even if you think that people should pick themselves up by the bootstraps, you can look at your friend. Go look at your like a friend who had a different life from you growing up, okay? They had different opportunities to you, different connections uh, than you did growing up. Maybe that's not the same. Maybe you're surrounding yourself with the same people 
um, but you know people that you grew up with that have different opportunities, that have different families, okay? That family is connected in certain ways, okay? You know people that have more advantages or less ad- or more disadvantages than you. So to kind of disregard that when we talk about others in the workforce and others just in general in America, it's a little ridiculous. Um, and the same applies to basketball. Like, we, we project all of these things onto college athletes while they shouldn't be paid. Um, but a lot of it is a lot of it is very selfish because they put so much stock into players playing for pride and for their school and what have you. I don't know, any number of cliches uh, that you want to throw out there. Um, and they're, they're afraid of what that would look like if you paid players. I mean, it's definitely viable. You can definitely pay players in certain ways. I've said this before. You can pay players for their um, likeness. I mean, the the ability for the NCAA to rule a player's likeness and, and for them not to be able to profit on advertisements and jersey sales, it's ridiculous, among other things. It's the easiest decision to, to be made out there. You should be able to control your image, okay, and your brand. And your jersey sales that are sold with your number on it, okay? Just put the name on the back of the jersey. People will buy those. It might not be a lot of money, but it's, like, it's still money to some people, okay? You can talk about all you want about the finances and trying to figure out the uh, accounting of paying colleges and paying athletes and what that means for certain schools. I don't give a shit. One thing for certain, pay them for their likeness. Let them control their likeness and make money off of their face and their, their who they are and their brand. Like That's number one, all right? That will not change anything in college. There's also um, a disconnect because there is a, you know, even at Michigan, we had guys who were concerned with the NBA, and everyone knew it, but they still touted Beeline's teams as like this team first and, you know, the play the right way, and they're the right NCAA team, and Beeline recruits well and doesn't cheat, and blah, 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 blah. All right. You know, we're all thinking about our future selfishly, all of us. I was, and I wasn't going to go to the NBA. Darius was there to go to the NBA. Tim was there to go to the NBA. Trey was there to go to the NBA. A lot of guys after me were there to go to the NBA. Like, that was what their first function was. It was money, okay? They're motivated by money and making it to the highest level. That is fine. We should not be punishing them for that, and we need to accept the fact that it is part of the NCAA and that if you play players, like, it's still going to be the exact same. Like, their motivations are still going to be the exact same. Like, they'll be able, like, okay, let's take, for instance, I had, you have, Tim Hardaway Jr., okay, in college. And he's making, I don't know, thirty to forty thousand dollars in college. Uh from the from whatever result. He would have made more than that. But let's say he's making thirty to forty thousand dollars extra on top of whatever you value a scholarship at that we can get into later. That there's millions of he makes millions of dollars in the NBA right now, okay? He's still worried about going to the NBA. And I don't blame him. Like I would be the same if I was in his position. Like his mindset would be no different, dude. He's not sitting there. Uh, providing, you know, setting up the rest of his future with $3,000 a year. But they still deserve that money, okay? There, there's still a middle ground there. It's like, they don't. we're not trying to pay these players life-changing money, and some of these guys might get it, you know, if you make the NCAA tournament, if you have certain jersey sales, uh, if your likeness is used. Like, a Zion Williamson can make millions in college, probably, of advertisements alone, or shoe deals alone. But that's not what we're fighting for here, okay? That, that's not the point of it. I'm fighting for all of the players 
and just their labor to be compensated the way it should be. And, and I'll have to do another podcast because this will go on too long. I'll have to do another podcast about scholarships and education and what that worth is. Um, you know, some say uh, it's worth $60,000, some, somebody's estimate. Like, what? What the hell are you talking about? Basically, all of this is just a massive deep dive into human psychology and the way we view uh, the controlling group, the way we view money, the way we view ourselves against society, uh, the way we don't want things to change. I mean, there's so many different factors here that it's almost exhausting to think about. Um, but overall, when you say you shouldn't be playing players, and when every year, every game that goes on that pairs aren't played, the players are being hurt. Okay? And you're saying, oh, they're not hurt. Okay, they get exposure. And they get a scholarship. They're not hurt. Well, you are still hurting them. If, if someone were to take away money from you that you could earn, even if your life is fine right now, they're taking away money that you could earn from labor that you are doing right now, you would say they're hurting you. So that doesn't make any sense. We are hurting players actively every year, all the time. Um, and March Madness, it's going to be apparent when you see all the attention that is on these teams and these players and these interviews and the amount of money that they could be making from their brand, from their likeness, from their talent, from their labor. Um, yeah, it's sad. It's sad that people still think this, and it's sad that the NCAA controls so much, but they've set it up that way. I mean, it's, they've done a very good job of setting it up like that. They control so much revenue. They make so many millions of dollars. Just You can go look up any article about what they make from the NCAA tournament alone. Um, and, I mean, you can come back at me, which the last part I'll end with, you know, well, the good teams make money, and how are you going to pay all college athletes? I've had this question asked me before. How are you going to pay college athletes you know, and they don't make money and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm fine with that. I, I don't care if, I don't give a shit about a lacrosse team or a rowing team at Michigan. You know, I'm not saying pay those players, a baseball team. I don't give a shit about them. They're not making money. This is not what I'm talking about. If you're going to tout a free economy, then you need to pay players that bring in revenue. Their talent that brings in revenue. Now, a baseball player in college might have more talent in their sport than, say, a basketball player. I don't care about that. They don't bring in the amount of revenue that a basketball player or a football player would. Okay, we're, we're just talking, I'm simply talking about the sports that people care about in college. Baseball players don't even get full scholarships, right? So that's not even a, a thing. They can still fund them. I don't want colleges, I don't want schools to come back like, oh, we got to cut this program so we can pay. Uh, basketball player, $30,000 bullshit. You don't have to do that. You, you you don't have to do that at all. They just need, these players need a revenue share, okay? They need, a first of all, they need a union, and they need a piece of the revenue share that they have rightfully fought for, that they have put their labor towards, okay? There's a revenue share in professional basketball, in NBA basketball. It is the same thing, okay? It is just the minor leagues, of the NBA, it, but it's the same exact business. There should be a revenue share for players. It'll be diluted, obviously. There are a lot more college players, but they deserve a share of that, uh, whatever that is. Whether that's a, you know, the Big Ten schools get money from the Big Ten TV deal. Um, you know, maybe the smaller schools they don't get that. Okay, they don't, they don't get, they don't bring in the revenue. Okay, so they don't get the revenue share if they make the NCAA tournament and 
they get revenue from winning games and advancing and just simply make the NCAA tournament. Boom, fine, pay them. They get a revenue share. It is about what you put into and what comes out of it, okay? If revenue comes out of your labor, you deserve that. That's my argument. Players should get more share of the revenue because um, it is a job. I, I've been there. I've done it. It is an absolute job. It is a grind. You don't play for the love of the game, okay? You do not love and enjoy every single day. You know, you're still playing a sport. Don't get me wrong. There's the moments. There's those highs. Um, but it is a job. And the fact that maybe people envied that position of being able to play a sport, okay, that's cool. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, I know that drives interest, but I don't care about your envy. I really don't. When my labor is not being paid rightfully, I don't care how you feel. Um, the fact that the reasoning that players should be thankful for what they already get is the way that people is the way people get held down. Okay, it's the way that these systems keep oppressing others, and it's the way that people work jobs in minimum wage and they can't uh, live their life. They can't afford any life, um, or they can barely afford to live. Okay, with with shelter and with food. Um, it's the way we keep going the way we're going. It's the way we keep going with the wage disparity and the income disparity that we have. So I don't know why we would ever advocate for more income disparity. I know we put an importance on coaches. I know, especially I've talked about this before, college coaches get most of the credit for winning. I mean, I just saw the other day, uh, it was a few weeks ago, actually. Duncan Robinson started a game for the Miami Heat. And I swear to God, the first tweets I saw were about how Beeline is like genius and Beeline's brilliant and all this other shit. And it's like, the first thing you think of when an NBA guy works his fucking ass off and starts an NBA game when, when he wasn't a Division One recruit coming out of school, high school, the first thing you think of is the college coach. Like, that's how much importance we think of when... We, that's how much importance we give to college coaches and we give to the bosses in college. That's how much importance we give to the NCAA. Uh, we, we think the NCAA deserves all that money that they get from the TV deals. Uh, we, we let them keep it. Like We, we don't rail enough against them. Um, and we've always put that. Like CEOs have this certain amount of importance, this aura around them that justify um, their gross payments, their gross massive amount of money that they receive for... Not the amount of money, not the amount of work they put in. Um, and you say, oh, the NBA does that. Well, the NBA is different, okay? They revenue share, like I talked about before. They share, and the teams get to divvy up that money, whether a player ends up being worth that contract or not, um, you know, depends. But, you know, that is revenue share. The, the amount of revenue shared with, you know, corporations is not the exact same thing. So, so yeah. That's my take. Um, I think I want to do maybe next podcast, talk about scholarships. I don't know. It's going to be March Madness. People don't really want to hear that shit. They just want to block it out and just focus on the games and hear about the games. So I don't know. Maybe I'll, I, I probably won't do that because there's so many people that talk about the games. So maybe I'll try and break down my thoughts on scholarships and the educations that these people get and just college educations in general and um, where that is going and their value and their worth compared to uh, what it really gets people, you know, whether it's in college basketball or in college sports or in the real world, 
Uh, so maybe I'll break that down. But I appreciate you guys listening. Questions, comments, concerns. If you want to call me an idiot about all this stuff, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. I know I said some very absolute things where I said these things aren't arguable. Um, but if you want to have a conversation with me about it, I will. I, I, I'm not going to scream at anyone for their opinions on these things. Uh, this is a, just kind of an outlet for me to get a lot of my frustrations with the whole system out and put it into words for me. It's very therapeutic, but I, I would openly have a civil conversation with you on Twitter with all the character limits. Um, you know, I, I enjoy that a lot, and I like to enjoy talking about these sorts of big picture things with people. Sometimes these, you know, the game to game analysis of all these things is uh, fun to get lost to in times, but it's, I don't know, it's hard to sort of get lost in that when there are these glaring massive issues that just stare you in the face and they're not going away and they only seem to get worse. Um, and, you know, I, you know, like, oh, we get, we hear about this all the time. Well, you know, you're not hearing about it enough because things aren't changing. So I'll still continue to talk about it until these things change and probably still after that. You know, there's always something to change, always something to improve no matter what system it is, no matter what economy it is, no matter what sport, business, doesn't matter. There's always things to improve and work on. And, and I know life gets hectic and it's hard to focus on the big picture things when you have so many little things going on in your life that you're trying to just control your own life and worry about yourself. Um, but if you have an opinion on these things, then I hope that I said some things to maybe make you think. So yeah. Appreciate everyone listening. Hope I'll be back next week. Um, maybe get Dockage on the pod. Maybe Spike. Uh, I don't know. You got any suggestions? Let me know. Love to have more guests, especially during March Madness. Um, but I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, yeah, until next time.